is around the corner. Let's learn a little bit about Pesach. So I want uh, to, Revolva has a number of pieces on the various Yom Tovim. So let's start. We started last week as well. Uh, framework of what it is that we're about to do to get us into the, uh, the mode of Pesach. Uh, next Wednesday night already, Mir Tzashem will be sitting around our Seder tables, uh, believe it or not. So on the left-hand side of your page, you see the header uh, Pesach. I want to start in the middle of the paragraph. We, we might get back to the top of it. He asks a, a specific question, but uh, we're going to begin in the, you see the long paragraph. Let us begin. Um, let us begin on the phrase, uh, It's the very beginning of the sentence, about seven lines down into that paragraph. Says the Volbis follows, Anu Zochrim es haklal, oso ha'ara sheheira bizman geulos mitzrayim. The very same light, the very same spiritual energy. This is an idea that is developed by many, that as we go through the various Yom Tovim of the year, as we live through it, we're not just recalling past events, but living through the spiritual energy that exists in that particular time. I think the example that's often used is that time is like a spiral, that we go through it spiraling through, and whatever was available to the Jewish people during Hanukkah, we relive that, and we tap into it in Purim, and Pesach, certainly Sukkot. So, that, that is what enlightens us during that time every year. And, and therefore the Gemara says, so what is it about Pesach? So we all know this already, but let's just get our, let's remind ourselves Pesach is the Zman of Geula. It's the Zman of Cheres, of freedom. And that, of course, links together with Geula and redemption. The Gemara qualifies that or quantifies that would be a better word in the phrase of in, in Nisan we were redeemed and in Nisan we will be redeemed. So this is the Zman as we enter now just a few days into the month of Nisan. This is the time of Geula. And that framework is what we'll address for a few minutes here uh, this morning. So at last line, the word hine for following along. Vine. Baal Hagada Kava Besipar Hagula. It's gonna take us through a line. Now if you remember the Haggadah, this is why we do these things in advance, that when you sit down at the Seder time, anyway, you should not sit down and open up the Haggadah for the first time at the Seder. That is not the recipe for a successful Seder. A few days in advance, Shabbos Haggadah is a minute to read through the entire Haggadah. But certainly in the days now leading in, familiarize what do you want to focus on, what do you want to highlight. So if you remember the structure from years past, so you have the beginning part of Magid are all sorts of uh, stories and famous Devrei Torah. And then there's that, that middle section where we darshan the Psukim. That by that time, I know many say, by that time you're like, you're toast. You just want to get to the food already. And so you're like running through all of those drushes. You know, those four psukim, and then we take it phrase by phrase. But that really is the bulk of part of the telling over the story. So we're going to highlight one of those phrases. One of the psukim that we darshan at the end of the Haggadah, the end of Magid, is Vayotzi'enu Hashem Mitzrayim. Hashem took us out from Mitzrayim. Biyad Chazakov is rowing it to you with a mighty hand. An outstretched arm, uvimora gadol, and with how would you translate mora gadol? Great awe, great fear. Some so the a mighty hand, an outstretched arm, uvimora gadol. So the Haggadah, remember, these are the psukim that are borrowed from Sefer Dvarim when a Jew would come with his first fruits to Yerushalayim. He would say a short declaration of five or six psukim, which would summarize Yitzias Mitzrayim. So the Haggadah borrows that, which is a great summary. If we were to read over Sefer Shmos at the Seder night, you think your Seder is long now, but if we would read through the entire actual story, so that would be a very long Seder. So the Haggadah 
borrows what the Jew does in his Bikurim, which is a snapshot. It's like five psukim, six psukim long. And that's what we do at uh, Seder. We borrow those psukim and then we expound on them. Much different Torah as to why it is we take those psukim, why it is the Jew who brings his first fruit take those psukim, but that's not for tonight. So the Haggadah tells us what does the phrase Mora Gadol refer to? Great awe, great fear. So the Revolve here quotes it, Uvi Mora Gadol, Zu Gilui Shechina. Right, as you'll recall from your Haggadah, this is the Gilui Shechina, the revelation of Hashem's presence. So that the Haggadah wants us to read the Psukim as Hashem took us out with a mighty hand and outstretched arm. And Morag Adol means he revealed himself. This Gilui Shechina at the time of the redemption. And then the Haggadah gives us a Pasuk to prove that Morag Adol, great awe, refers to Hashem's presence being revealed. Oh, has there ever been a God who has taken one nation out from another God, from another nation? With these great wonders, with war, with mighty hand, has there ever been, the Haggadah brings about, has there ever been another time where one nation has been extracted from another nation with all of these Wondrous events. Says that Revolva as follows. This is the depths. This is the essence of what Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is about. And the essence of what therefore our night at the Seders. We're sitting around our table surrounded by our families. This is what the night is about. Is a gilui shechina. Is a revelation of Hashem's presence. Zenemar, when is that referred to? If you have to pick a moment of the whole story, God tells us there was a revelation of Hashem's presence. So I think if you, if, now again, we're, I'm leading you along because we've already started, but if I would have started this morning and said, tell me from the entire Mitzrayim story, from the beginning of Sefer Shmos, where we are in Mitzrayim, to the end of Sefer Shmos, where the Mishkan is built in the Mishkan, in the desert, and I were to tell you there was a moment of divine revelation. Somewhere in that book, from the beginning of the story to the end of, not the end of the story, but from the beginning of Shmos Yisrael. And if I were to say, where is the revelation of Hashem's presence? I think every single Jew who I would ask that to answer, of course, because that's where Hashem revealed Himself. That's what the Psukim said. The Haggadah tells us that there was another Mora Gadol Another Gilui Shechina. When did, now if I told you, no, you're wrong. And not that you're wrong that it didn't happen at Harsina, but if I told you there was another revelation, and I would say, identify the moment of the Pesach story when it would happen. Uh, yeah, uh, crossing the Red. Oh, so maybe you could say crossing the sea. Yeah. So says Revolva, says Revolva, based on the psukha that we're going to read at the Haggadah, reading it inside if you're interested in following along. Zenemar, uh, there's a dash right in the middle there of the page, or a couple of them, but Zenemar al Harega shel Chatzos Laila. When is this Pasuk referring to when Hashem came and extracted one nation from another nation? That didn't happen at the Yabsuf. We were already extracted. When is the moment that we would say that there was one nation distinguished, separated, pulled out of another? The moment of Chatzos Laila, of midnight. Shebohayu Gilui said when that revelation happened, and this is where he's pulling out how how did the firstborns of the Mitzrim die? Right? There was this presence, this like 
uh, you know, the movies would, would describe it in a certain way, which Hashem, so to speak, revealed His presence, and all of the firstborns are, so to speak, swallowed up or die in that. He describes it as follows. But they didn't leave their house. How would they know what happened next door? They don't need to know what happened. They heard, they heard the cries throughout all of the time. But it doesn't matter if they heard. They don't need to know what happened. Well, hold on a second. There are actually two awesome moments. Number one, the death of the actual firstborns of Mitzrayim. In the second, In other words, there are two things here. That the Mitzrayim die and that the Jews live. Now remember, there is a unique aspect about Makos Bechoros, which does not appear anywhere else. What is that one aspect of Makos Bechoros, which is unique, which we don't find by any other Maka? More than that, true. Did it, was a Jew subject to Dam? Was a Jew subject to having his water turn to blood? No. no. What did a Jew need to do to make sure that his water wouldn't turn to blood? Nothing. Nothing. Was the Jew subject to Tzvardeya? No. What did he need to do to make sure that he wouldn't be swept up with this plague of frogs? Nothing. What did he need to do for, for Kenan, for Aro, for Dever, for Shkid, for Choshech? Did a Jew need to light a candle to make sure that he wouldn't have Choshech? If he wanted to, he could, then it was a matter. Marcus Bechoros comes. And if a Jew does not shecht a korban Pesach and put it on the doors, what will happen to him? He would also have his firstborn die. This is a shir unto itself, which we're not going to touch on. It's Hashem one time, we'll, we'll get to this. Makis Bechoros has an element that if a Jew did not protect himself or do something, he would have been swept up like every other play, like every other mitri. Did not happen by any other mitri. Where if Hartman, Rishu Hartman, wrote the footnotes to the Marah that we're learning, I express this as follows. If you're in an apartment building and somebody pours out water from their window, if you live under that floor and you happen to be looking out to see what's going on, what's going to happen to you as somebody above you pours out water? You're going to get wet because somebody above you is pouring out water. But if you happen to live above that person and uh, they're pouring out water and you stick out your head at the same time, what happens to you? Okay, you just get a bird's eye view of whatever's going to happen below. So he described the source of, so to speak, where the makos were coming from. The Jews were above the source where the makos was coming from, and it didn't impact them. Makos Bechoros came, Ani velo malach, Ani velo saraf, Ani Hashem velo acher. It came from an apartment, so to speak, above them, and had they not kept themselves inside the window, so to speak, they would get struck by that as well. And that is because when Hashem, Hashem himself came to take care of that maka, it was a revelation. And therefore there's two components, says Revolve, that the Mitzrim got it and that the Jews did not. Bechoros uh, Mitzrayim, what is that? Maybe eight lines from the bottom of the big paragraph. Bechoros Mitzrayim, beginning of that line. Bechoros Mitzrayim, Mesu, the firstborns of the Egyptians died. Shelo yuchlu lizbol es hagilui hanora They could not tolerate. It was too powerful an expression. And the firstborns died. Vidavka ha bechoros meisus. He expresses why only the firstborns then. Shame reishis habayis. The firstborn, of course, had the status of the head of the home. Yeishlam yoser kirvo leruchmias. They had the closest elements to spirituality. They were like the, in, in ancient time, they were like the kohen of the family. 
Therefore, they experienced it more, and of course, could not take it, and the, all the firstborns died. The second awesome element was Bi Yisrael. They did tolerate, so to speak, this revelation. And that elevated them. That elevated them in that moment to the purpose, the great purpose. And that moment, that Chatzos is a moment of Geula. Kolamakos, all of the other plagues. To Mitzrayim, Vanisim Yisrael, the miracles of the Jew, Hayu Hachana, was all a hachana. This all goes into, again, we'll talk about this more as we get through different Pesachs. The whole idea of the Korban Pesach, which is what they needed to do in order to spare themselves. Remember, how is the Korban Pesach roasted? Everything you know, just do this briefly. How is it roasted? A spit. Uh, whole. It needed to be roasted whole uh, over fire. On a spit, full over fire. Where, where can you do that? Most people in their homes do not have the ability to roast a lamb over fire if the, if the lamb is still whole. It's just, you can't. Which means, where were, you, where were all of the Jews roasting this lamb? Outside. Outside of the fire. So you have a, a slave nation slaughtering the god of the Egyptians, not chopping it up into cholent meat and putting it in a pot in their kitchen so that nobody knows the difference. They were required to leave it whole and roast it without breaking a bone, in the yard, over fire. If there was ever a statement in Egypt of, I don't care about you, I am part of a different group, this was it. All of the makos were leading to this moment, a hachana of the Karban Pesach, of the Chatzos of a Gilui Shechina, which a Jew said, I'm part of this and not part of that. We'll talk about this. There's so much to talk about Pesach time. We'll touch on them. We'll, we'll get through all of this. And that's the Pasuk, B'nei Yishol Yotzeim B'yad Ramah. Klai Yishol leaves with a Yad Ramah, strong hand, B'gvura Gevoah Mufursemes, as Rashi says, with a Gvura Gevoah, with its great strength, and it was revealed to all. And these, uh, the last line, I'm skipping down the last one, B'rega Echad, Nehefchu Me'avadim Katnei Moach. We, in one moment, flipped a switch from servants, Katnei Moach, literally means of small-mindedness, a slave is by definition limited. La'am gadol into a great nation. And it's galashir koma social That's the moment that we become a people. We'll leave it at this for now. This moment, this pasuk that we describe at the Haggadah of Gilui Shechina, the revelation of Hashem's presence, is the moment in which we flip. There's a switch. We become a nation. Hashem took a nation out of a nation, and we flip from being a slave people to becoming a free people of Geula. And that's just a framework to work on as we get ready for our seder, to sit at the seder uh, around that time of this moment. As we, as we get to Chatzos, on the Lel Seder, that moment, which everyone's rushing to to get to the Afrikomen, is a moment of mahapecha, of a total reversal, of a growing into a nation, into a people, as we continue to relive. And these are some of the things that we're getting ourselves ready for to experience, whether or not you're in the freedom of your own home, or whether or not Nebuch, if you go to some program somewhere, either way, Either way, in that moment, in that moment of chatzos is, we'll is, is, is that moment of freedom, is that moment of becoming a nation, a moment of becoming uh, the Amashem, 
And I wish everybody a wonderful Yantar. We'll continue discussing. Uh, next Sunday, by the way, we'll do Rabbi Avi and I will uh, combine. We'll do some Haggadah thoughts. Uh, six thoughts you need to have for your Haggadah. Amir uh, Tzashem, next Sunday as we get ready for Yantar.